if you're confused about how they feel about you, they are not interested. And that would have saved me like 10 years of dating if I knew. Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot, these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. All right. Happy Friday. Happy hour. We're here for another episode with a guest, as we promised. It's someone that I'm very, very excited about. I've listened to We Met at Acme for a few years now. It's a dating podcast from Dear Media, and we have the podcast host, dating expert, and New York City local, Lindsay Metzler on to answer all of our dating questions, get us set up with some rules, and kind of tell us what we should be doing in our 20s. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Welcome, Lindsay. We're so excited to chat with you and, of course, talk about our favorite topic in the whole world, which is dating. Everybody loves to talk about it. Um, I have a question for you, though, right as we're starting off the bat. I know you are from New York. You live in New York um, right now. What do you think about the way everyone is just absolutely glorifying New York life on TikTok? Do you think it's a facade? Do you think it's fake or do you think um, it's good and that you love I think it is totally justified. I was born and raised in New York City, so I definitely biased in answering this question. But I love New York. I think that it is so special. I think it really has that like exciting thing about it, that magic. And I think like it is obviously it's a little extra on TikTok. Like not every day in New York is like this magical day where like you meet someone in Washington Square Park. Exactly. But it really is such a special place. And every time I'm away from it, I definitely miss it. I was just talking to someone last night and I feel like all of the movies in the 2000s set us up as children for the need to move to New York at some point between now Mm -hmm. and 30 or you failed. And I kind of want to do it for like, a quarter, a quarter of a year, just to check that off of the bucket just list. Just three months. Yeah, just like three months, nothing non-committal. Because where are you guys? I'm in like Los Angeles, Orange County, and okay. I'm in Nashville. Nice. I mean, those are also great cities. Yeah, but all the rom-coms said it had to be New York or nothing. <laughs> New York or bus. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you have to do like. A few months. Yeah, yeah, like a short a short little world tour. That's refreshing, though, to hear that you love it so much and that, in your opinion, it lives up to the hype because I feel like a lot of people are like, no, it's trash and it's so expensive. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely expensive. It's yeah, like, for sure, for sure. It's ridiculously expensive, but it's worth it. It really is. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nowhere, nowhere. Okay, so to kick things off, you started – what year did you start We Met at Acne? 2017, which is wild. It'll be five years oh coming gosh. up in October. We're going to have a big five-year party? We'll have to have a party. Yeah, you know what's crazy is when you say 2017, in my head, in my brain, my heart, and my soul, I think, oh, yeah, three years ago. But no, it's five years ago. Right? Isn't that insane? I mean, pandemic years don't really count, I feel like. Yeah. It's just such a weird three lapse years in ago. time. So weird. Um. So- so you, I feel like, were someone that started a podcast before pod- everyone and their mother had a podcast. 
you were a little more on the forefront. Feel? You're a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel old. That's how it feels. A pioneer. So how did you get started? I got started because I was very single at the time. I had recently been dumped on my birthday by Not some on your birthday. Guy. On my birthday by some asshole guy. I was 27. And 27 supposed to be a good year, I feel like. Well, it's supposed That's to be the year. beginning of your Saturn return, which is a whole other subject I could get into. Oh my gosh. But my life was about to change, and I didn't even know it. But what I did know was that dating sucked in New York City, and nobody talked about it. There were no dating podcasts, and that's what I needed. I really needed mm-hmm. someone to listen to to tell me what the what to do. And so I just had a friend come over, and we started recording our current dating life situations, and we aired it, and had like. I had no idea that anyone was going to listen because I was like, why would anyone care about my dating life? And some people listened to the point where I got a phone call from a guy I had mentioned telling me to keep his name out of my mouth. So I was like, wow. No. That's always fighting words, a fighting line. Keep my name out of your mouth. Oh my God. So fighting. This was before Will Smith had done it. And I, this was the first time I heard someone even say that. I was like, whoa. Wow. That, what's that Taylor Swift line that's like, I'll stop writing bad things about you when you stop doing bad things, basically. So good. That's what it boils down so oh, I love Taylor. And okay. I want to briefly talk about, you said 27 is the, supposed to be the year uh, your life changes, Saturn return. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> what does that, that mean? Because we are not uh, astrology girls. Yeah, we're not we're astrology not. girls. Not at all. But I like when people tell me what it means. So your Saturn return is something that happens to both men and women. Um, but for women, it starts at 27. For men, it's like a little later, like 29. It's um, always a little later for men, isn't it? Everything's later for men. Um, and... It is when your life changes, kind of like you return. So whatever your Saturn sign is. So like if you have an app called like CoStar, let's say, um, then it's just like an astrological transit that occurs when your planet Saturn returns to where it was previously. So what that kind of means, like TLDR, is that your life changes. like your life either gets a lot better or just changes completely to what you thought it was going to be by the end of your Saturn return. It's kind of like the teacher of the Zodiac. It teaches you all the things that you need to know. And then your life has changed. And so you're kicked off with getting all figured out. <laughs> not at all figured out, but you're supposed to then go forward with those changes that uh-huh. happened in your life. So like, For example, my changes were I got sober, like broke up with somebody, moved in on my own, started a new career. Like it's like very basic changes, but like obviously they're they're meaningful. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. It's always cool to learn about that world because we are just so in the dark when it comes to all that stuff. (laughs) I'm still learning about it too, honestly. So when you started, we met at Acme. Were you already kind of an influencer in the influencer space at all? Or did that take you there? Not at all. I I will say like I was always a social media girly. Like I I had a public so like Instagram account. I was one of the first people on Instagram in like our college world. Um, I got it like right away when it was still like a photo editing app. 
And I was posting, like, I still have those photos up if you scroll all the way back, but I was posting like heavily filtered, you know, like everyone's yeah, first like the toaster filter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I had amassed like 3000 followers, but they were all like people I knew when mm-hmm. I started the podcast. So it was like, I had that little following, but that was really it. And I was just like, but I was shameless about it. I was like, everybody listen to my podcast. I started a podcast, 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 podcast. Listen, you have to link. be that way though, because if yeah. you're not totally. going to champion your own projects, who's going to care about them? Exactly. And then, so what, obviously you said you got dumped. That's why you were like, let's make it a dating podcast. But did you just kind of take all the lessons you had learned? Cause you were like entering your late twenties that you had learned through the whole decade and say time to apply these and make some rules and date and figure it out. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I was always obsessed with dating. It wasn't just the dumping that made me want to make this podcast about dating. I was just like, boy, crazy. And like, ooh, like I, (laughs) I'm describing me. It's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) We're the same. Wait, what's your sign of it? I'm a cancer. Oh, I love that. I I do know that that about myself. I know my own sign. (laughs) What about about you, Ashley? Libra. Um, when I've read descriptions, I think it applies to me to a T, but like, that's all I know. (laughs) Girl of my own heart. So I'm a Libra and my husband's a Cancer. So you guys are basically- Oh, great. We should get married. We're basically (laughs) married, Ashley. You should should get married. Um, (laughs) but I always was obsessed with dating and I, this was like the last straw when I got done for my birthday. I was like, okay, I need to start following the rules that I know I should be following. I need to start telling people- to not make the same mistakes that I have been making. And so before we get like into that. the rules, can we just unpack the birthday thing? Like, why is it your birthday? Is there was there a reason it was your birthday? Because that just really adds the layer of pain. It's kind and of Taylor Swifty. It was Taylor yeah. Swifty. The reason is that he sucked. Um, but I think uh, like a more on the surface reason is that like he didn't want to get me a birthday gift. Okay. Bare minimum. The Especially at 27, not 20. Minimum. And I think that men, like, I think men and I think all of us, milestones like birthdays and Valentine's Day and anniversaries, they, they make you realize if you actually want to be with somebody or not. They do. And so, like, that I'll give to him. Like, mm-hmm. I broke up with someone on Valentine's Day once, and it was because <laughs> I woke up and I was like, fuck this guy. I don't want to spend Valentine's Day celebrating our relationship. Like, I don't like him, you know? Yeah. I don't even <laughs> like him. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> okay. So let's jump headfirst into the rules. I know you had them highlighted on your Instagram. I was skimming through them again last night. I also listened to the podcast. But what are some that you think are some good foundational ones for people that don't listen to you already? Foundational rules, I would say – Take um, notes, ladies. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we'll, paper. Start, <laughs> we'll start with like the date stuff. So I think, you know, even though it's controversial and a lot of people disagree, I think that in a hetero situation, the man really has to pursue the woman. Mm-hmm. And like as women, we want to take control and take matters into our own hands and text mm-hmm. them first. But in reality, you really have to let a guy lead. So I think um, – you know, letting them initiate the dates and the texts. Um, I think once you're on the actual date itself, like don't have more than two drinks, don't sleep with them on the first date, um, you know, really let it be something that turns into something. Mm-hmm. And I think for guys, 
like the fun is kind of lost when it all happens as they want it to happen right away. Like mm-hmm. that is in a way like we exert exert our control by setting the pace and not just following like what they want to do. Um, I like that setting the pace. That is a yeah. form of control in a good yeah, way. Yeah, you set the pace. I mean, I can't tell you how many times like I was in situationships or relationships where like the guy wanted to see me every day and I thought it was kind of weird, but I was like so flattered that I just did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of freaks me out <laughs> every day. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. And so the, that's like kind of an overview. And then one big one that has gotten a lot of pushback on TikTok, especially is do not send a thank you text after the date as a Interesting. woman. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So See, are, I'm, let's unpack that one. Yeah. Are we thanking I them think on I the would date? Be the pushback person. We are thanking them on the date. We are being so gracious and so thankful on the date that why do we need to thank them again after the date? They okay. they know we had a good time. Maybe okay. we kissed. Whatever. And then let them reach out to you on their own accord. Otherwise, you won't really know if they would have anyway. Okay. Right. Let them wear so, the pants, the driving seat. The but beginning. what if we want to – I'm, like, trying to, like, justify not doing that. <laughs> what if we want to, like, really show we're interested? We did that on the date already, right? Is that you what it is? You did that on the date already. Okay. And, wh- like, how? why do you need to show so much you're right. that you're interested? Like, let them wonder. We're not desperate. Let them wonder how you feel about them. I feel like so many guys, like – Guys are overconfident and women are under, like, are less mm-hmm. confident. And so a guy is just like assuming you had a good time, whereas, okay. like, we're the, always the opposite, you know? That's so interesting because when I was in high school, I was very trapped in the mindset of, like, I really hope he likes me. I hope that I can do everything and look a certain way and act a certain way in all these different scenarios so that he'll like me. And never once did I sit back and be like, wait, do I like him? And throughout oh, dating okay. in college in my early 20s, I've really switched that mindset. Yeah, and I think, maturity. Yeah, maturity. And yeah. it's just something that is really powerful once you're able to switch that over because a lot of the stress and the anxiety that comes with wondering and hoping that they like you kind of just fizzles away because then you're taking the power seat and you're like, wait, wait a second. Do I actually like them? And why do I like them? And why do I not like them? All those things. Exactly. Flip the narrative. It's like you're the one – quote unquote, interviewing them, mm-hmm. you're not trying to get the job. Right. Yeah. Something else that you've mentioned on your podcast, what are the details of your rule about confirming a date the day of versus... Oh, yes. yeah. That That's one I one. feel like has a lot of pushback or... Actually, I feel like you live by this rule. So um, you, no, I don't date follow needs it. to be confirmed by 2 p.m. on the day of. Otherwise, like, it's not happening. And there are caveats. Like, if the date was confirmed the night before, it's fine. But I'm talking like you haven't spoken in a few days and you're supposed to go on a date that night. Right. We're not just going to show up. You're not showing up. Like they have to confirm. They, you have to condition them almost to like be a stand up human. No, literally. (laughs) Positive and negative reinforcements. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then let's say the date's at eight o'clock drinks or something and they text you at six o'clock. Do you say, sorry, you didn't confirm. I thought that it was off. I think – you don't let it get to that point. Okay. Usually I think that if you are, you know, someone who has anxiety or you're just like a little, you need to know what, what the plan is. You need to know what's going on. Then I suggest you send a, see you tonight, like, but not question mark, like a see you tonight, exclamation point, something like that. 
because that shows confidence and not like, am I seeing you later? Like, what's the deal for later? Are we still on? Like, just be like, see you tonight. And if they're going to cancel, that's when they will. Okay. Hmm. I like this. There's like little ways to kind of sneak in your own form of communication and your own power, but still leaving it in their hands. And this is also something I've learned. Something's really fun. I have a long-term boyfriend currently. We've been dating for almost a year and I love picking their brains about like the dating process and like just really getting into the male psyche. Um, and that's something we do on this podcast too. Uh, periodically we'll have a guy friend or a boyfriend come on and we'll just do questions for the boys and just hot seat questions. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Um, it is really interesting. He always talks about the chase and the pursuing and he he's he would be in agreement with you that the men are wanting to do the pursuing because that's what's fun for them too is it's kind of like a game um but yeah it's all it's all very interesting i think we are making it too easy in today's day and age with all of the apps now men don't even have to ask us out in person it's even easier for them they're hiding behind the screens i mean it can be a great tool because then you're not so confined to just who's in your immediate life at work or at a bar you can kind of sift through some of the people but what are your opinions on dating apps in general I love dating apps I've always been a fan of them I think they're a great resource you know to meet people especially in like pandemic world Mm -hmm. and just you know people who don't necessarily like go out to like parties and clubs and have like this big crazy social life and also for people who are a little bit older and like their friends are all in relationships already um and it can be hard to meet people so I think dating apps are great you have also mentioned before this is a good one don't put all your eggs in one basket especially when you notice yourself starting to like someone Mm -hmm. so at what point do you start to put your eggs into one basket (laughs) when are the eggs going in (laughs) once you know that you like the person yeah when are the eggs getting transferred into his basket (laughs) the eggs really only go into his basket once you're sure that it's going to become an official relationship like the eggs don't really go into his basket before then because he has to have like a reason to want to lock it down. And it kind of goes back to like, I don't know, like caveman life. Like (laughs) if, if no one else is trying to like get that, I don't know, like eat that bird or something, you know, like Mm. I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. Then like guys, exactly. So like, you have to show that you're a hot commodity and that you're not just like jumping ship of all the other things uh-huh. you have going on in your life to be with a guy who hasn't even asked you to do that mm-hmm. yet. Because mm-hmm. you're a busy person. You're Speaking person. of the hot commodity thing, I just wanted to touch on this. One of my favorite things that my current boyfriend sent to me after our first date, it was a few days later, um, and he texted me. I don't want to come off too strong, but I know hot girl time moves fast. So I was just wondering if I'd be able to see you at some point next weekend. And I just love that because I'm like, I love thank that. you, first of all, for calling me a hot girl. Boost my ego, please. I'm begging. And then also the fact that he was just very direct and like, I want to see you next weekend. That is such good game. When is his birthday? <laughs> um, October 30th. Oh my God, a Scorpio. We love yes. it. Yes, a Scorpio and a Cancer. We love to see it. <laughs> you, we, oh, go. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say we love emotions. Yes, <laughs> I'm a big emotions girly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, we know that. We love um, them. 
We, I couldn't agree more, no more than two drinks on a first date. I think after two drinks, nothing good happens after two drinks with a stranger. You just get sloppy. Um, but you have also said <laughs> no sex on a first date. Are we kissing on a first date? We're totally kissing on a first date. <laughs> I mean, we're kissing on a first date if there's a vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's on going to force you. Yeah. Yeah, but we're kissing on a first date. We're not going home on a first date. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not having sleepovers. <laughs> on the first few dates we're not we're, doing that. we're kissing for sure mm-hmm. okay. i love that we're kissing on a first date for many reasons one is what if it goes horribly and they're a terrible kisser and there's no chemistry why, why are we wasting our time no exactly then we yeah. know totally perfect thank you next also i like kiss- to know if the man yeah. is going to initiate the kiss mm. and if the vibes are there totally i think a kiss also like is very telling of like future sex vibes totally it makes you wonder. It makes you curious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it doesn't. And then you move along. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So what date number are we having sleepovers, if so desired? We are having sleepovers after the first time we sleep together and have sex. Um, ideally, that's like six plus dates in. Ideally. I like that we're taking our time because I think I saw something that you posted somewhere that third date sex is predictable. Why is it predictable? Did somebody just tell us in all the movies that the third day is when you have sex? I feel like we're in a conversation of like, he's just not that into you right now. (laughs) No, literally it's like, it's like rom-com subtext, like third date you have sex. Like everybody thinks that that's going to happen. And so you don't do it, but you don't only not do it because people think it's going to happen. You also not do it because like, you still don't know this person. Like no, they're you still stranger. Still stranger. You haven't built up enough like fun, hot tension. I love the hot tension. It makes it better if you wait longer too. So much better. Especially for the guy wait? because then they're just dying by the end because they're just exactly. so impatient. Exactly. How long did you and your current boyfriend wait? I believe four. It might have been five. But okay. for sure more than three. But also Power. not six. <laughs> but also not six. Somewhere in the middle. I mean, you kind know of know, <laughs> you know when you're going to like sleep with someone and they're going to call you the next day, you know? And if you feel like they might not, then don't sleep with them. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if you always say this or if this is regurgitated from you through my friend to me, but are you, Telephone. are you always the one that's saying dating is a numbers game? There's no way around it. I definitely have said that before. Okay. I think many people say this, but yeah, I think sales. that it's very <laughs> it's literally. But I think that it's very true. I mean, it is a numbers game. Like you have to go out with a lot of people mm-hmm. to find the one. Some people don't get that lucky that it's their first, you know, hinge date. Um, and it's also a great way to compare and contrast and figure out what you really need in a partner. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you are on a first date with someone? Obviously, you're going to be polite, but within the first 15 minutes, you're like, what am I doing here? Can't wait to get on my phone when he goes to the bathroom. I I, got to get out of here. (laughs) You can cut it a little short. Um, You can just say you have to wake up early the next morning. Mm -hmm. I think people get the subtext of it and like we're none of us are in the dark and we know if someone's not having a good time. So I'd hope mm-hmm. that we'd let it just 
go and let let you go home and and do your thing you know let nature take its course <laughs> exactly um, what is your opinion if the first date we're really stuck on first dates here yeah <laughs> if the first date goes well I mean it's fine there's good conversation but there's more to be had and you feel like maybe the guy was just a little nervous to be his full self I mean it's the first meeting point do you give them a second date or do you just say let's move on Oh, yeah. I give a second date unless I'm repulsed by them. I think that's the rule. Okay. Yeah. Repulsed is like, no, thanks. We can't. Mm-hmm. We can't go any further. I also think, and this is another really important rule, you shouldn't be spending more than two hours on a first okay. date. See, I never okay. abide by that rule, but I probably should. <laughs> because How are your I... first dates? Four hours? <laughs> Surprise, surprise, we have a podcast. I love to talk and I feel like I can talk to a wall. And so whenever I get on a roll with somebody, I could talk to them for like five plus hours. Just let's get it. Let's go. Okay. I saw this on TikTok and I I mean, this made me start thinking. It gave me pause. (laughs) Am I really having fun or do I just like talking to other people and I like having a drink while I talk and I think I'm amusing? That's a good question. Or am I actually having fun? Like, do I have to step back and not have a drink on this date to figure out if it's just me having fun, having a drink, talking their air off? I mean, I personally, as like a sober girl, like I love a drink without alcohol for that reason, because mm-hmm. you really know if you like them or not. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, if you're like still thinking about them after the date and you're like, oh my God, like I felt so good. You know, it's how you feel when you're with that person. If you feel good, when you're with them, then it was a good date. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just keep doing it until you don't feel good anymore. Exactly. Um, and a good date doesn't have to mean like they're your boyfriend in the future. You could just have a good date and like it not turn into anything. Mm-hmm. It could just be a good, fun Friday night. Friday night exactly. plans. Um, I want to hit on you being sober. How long has that been going on? What made you decide to do that? We're not sober. We're not sobriety. Is something that's very strange concept to Ashley and I because we are right in the thick of it right now. <laughs> we're totally. Don't get me wrong. Around time like, twenty four. Who sounds or anything? But we're also not sober. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was twenty four, I was very far from even considering sobriety. Yeah. I will have four months of sobriety in October. Sorry, four years of sobriety in October. Oh, wow. Um, well, it's a long time. So I guess I, I got sober when I turned right after I turned twenty eight. Okay. Um, and what kind of made you decide to do that big lifestyle switch? And how did you do it in the first like year? It was really hard. Um, what made me want to do it was I was really obsessed with smoking weed. And I definitely had an unhealthy relationship to alcohol because I was either like drunk, like blacked out or completely sober, but I didn't like mm. the middle ground. Um, and so I knew that I was like sabotaging relationships and my mind was like a scary place to be. And I had wanted to, I was like, I worked for myself. So I was like waking up and like smoking and I wanted to not do that. And I had said to like a few people, like, I want to just like not smoke today. And then I woke up and I, I still did. And I think that was when I was like, okay, enough. Like I need to get help because I'm not able to help myself at this point. Mm-hmm. And how did you get help in the beginning? I went to a meeting for like a 12-step program that was really helpful. And I spoke to friends of mine who were sober and everyone kind of like helps you and, and points you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. That's really brave. <laughs> 
I feel like that's such a hard yeah. thing and people don't talk about it enough too. And I feel like people just struggle silently because I don't know it's taboo and it's hard and it's ugly and it's messy, but so is life. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really brave that you were able to just get yourself up and make that change because of course it does have to come internally. It can't come from anyone telling you what to do because that most likely makes you want to do the opposite of whatever anyone tells you. Totally. Thank you. Yeah, no, it definitely has to come from you for sure. More how, than anything else. How did you, especially when you were first starting out with this, how did you navigate like going out with friends, going to bachelorette parties on your Instagram, you're at a wedding like twice a weekend practically. How did you kind of navigate that at first? It was really hard at first. I think what helped me was having like a sober buddy there or somebody that I told mm-hmm. like I'm sober like mm-hmm. hold me accountable even though I know like I have to be the one and then also like calling sober friends like before the event at the event after the event like leaving early because honestly and this is such a good sober lesson if you're considering sobriety no one cares if you leave early not mm-hmm. one person cares so if you're in a situation or environment where it's like getting to a place where everyone's just drinking or like on shrooms or whatever, and like there's nothing left I've for been you to do so there. many situations where people are just on shrooms. <laughs> exactly. Then just leave. Like nobody will miss you. Not in a mean way, but like yeah. nobody will. Yeah. You yeah know, I think important. as we're getting into our mid-20s now, I think I've noticed the trend of people appreciating and respecting and understanding when other people have to protect their peace and protect you know like if you have to leave early because you do have something in the morning it's not no no longer is it come on like you're being a buzzkill just one more drink or let's stay out it's no it's like no I fully understand if you need to get up early go please take care of yourself and I really like that maturity level that we're getting to um you're at the right age of 24 but it's it must be so hard because I think about it and like every activity especially in a city like Nashville I just moved here um in September of last year. So it's coming up on a year pretty soon here. And everything here is so ingrained in alcohol, like the culture of all of it. It's a big going out city. Um, And then even just like side activities that aren't just going to bars all involve alcohol. So I can only imagine how tough it would be to really to have that willpower to stay away from it. It's really hard. I mean, you really have to be happy with like who you are Mm -hmm. without the alcohol um, which is a process that isn't just about sobriety. It's about like therapy mm-hmm. and self-awareness and, and it takes like years of work. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot. And I feel like also there's like, you want to catch up with an old friend. Let's go get a drink. You want yeah. to do something that's not as expensive as a full sit down dinner. Okay, perfect. A drink is cheaper. It's just like the go-to alternative that's not what are you gonna do grab coffee at 8 p.m like yeah no. yeah <laughs> yeah grab an totally. ice cream that's gonna take I like mean the minutes. ice cream the ice cream is is a good summer uh-huh. summer situation also a walk like everybody yeah. loves to walk yeah <laughs> everyone everybody likes to walk um that's true okay before we kind of get into some fan questions we have a laundry list of those I was curious <laughs> how did you know since you had dated so much how did you know that your husband was the one because you've been oh, married. also yeah when in your timeline did you meet him we love yeah. the first meeting stories so we actually kind of knew each other he went to high school with one of my best friends from okay. college so we had met when we were like 25 but then we ran into each other when we were 29 on new year's eve in miami special new year's eve are you kidding it was fun it was fun and then that's like how that's what began our timeline i knew he was the one because he initially like i had known that he was perfect on paper which i 
did not care about really truly I was like okay he's perfect on paper but like if his personality isn't great if like the rest of him isn't great then like that really doesn't matter because I've made that mistake before and I was very like apprehensive going into it I was like I'm not gonna like force it like unless I really like like his personality unless the connection's really there the connection was really there and I was just like I texted my friend after our first date and I was like husband like I just knew it like I was like everything is perfect and it was like scary but safe but exciting and then I I felt like he was he to me felt really like home energy like somebody that I could be with anywhere and be happy because I'm with him Mm -hmm. and that was a feeling that I had not felt oh that's so sweet. That's so special. <laughs> I feel like um, everyone's doing each other a disservice these days because we're constantly being like, I met my husband last night. I met my husband at the party. I met my husband at this bar. Well, we're like, saying that wait, as a security wait, wait. thing so our friends could talk about it at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we're not saying it about everyone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? Keep saying it. You never know. Yeah. You just um, never know. One of them's going to be right. <laughs> actually, before we get into the fan questions, do you have rules for relationships versus dating? And what are some of those? The rules for relationships are really, um, you know, they're not the same because once you're in a relationship, you're able to kind of like have it be more of a a mutual situation. You're both initiating, you're both blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think wait to say, like, wait for them to say, I love you 100%. -hmm. I think even in a relationship, like the guy should be paying for dinners. Like you could split other things, but like let him take you out to dinner, you know, like I hate. I hate the whole like splitting dinner and like I've had multiple waitresses tell me it's like so cringe when a couple does that. Yeah. Um, And I think just like, you know, the whole point of being in a relationship is like you want to make their life easier and vice versa. And so if you see that it's more bad than good, like don't stay in it. But if it's something that you're able to like bring levity to each other's lives and like, then it's a good, then it's a good thing. So I think just try to, before you like start up with your partner, keep the goal in mind, which is like to make each other's lives better and great and more full. I like that also easier, not harder. It shouldn't make it more stressful Mm -hmm. or totally be easier. So one more thing on relationships, a lot of people, I mean, you're kind of at a threshold in a relationship First of all, how long do you think it takes for a couple, a new couple who hadn't known each other prior, just started right off the bat dating um, and not being friends first, to really, really get to know each other on a level of like, can I spend my life with this person? Do you have like a rough timeline that you think it takes at least this amount of time? Yes, I actually do. I have three weeks, three months, three years. Three weeks is when you know if you like somebody. Three months is when you know if you love somebody. And by three years, like no later, you should know mm-hmm. um, if you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody. But you can know before that. I huh. think three is good because I think right around that one year mark, that's where I'm at. It's There's almost like this pressure a little bit just by society and by other people in relationships. It's like, well, are you guys going to get married or what? And you're like, I don't know. I'm still getting to know this person. I'm still getting to know myself. I'm just turned 24, you know? So I think three years is kind of a good buffer in that sense because, I mean, it takes a long time to know. You have to go through some shit with somebody before you know how you can work together to get out of that shit. And if you don't leave enough time, 
for any of the shit, then how are you supposed to know? It can't just all be bliss. Exactly. Huh. I like that. Three, three, three. All right. Pencil Easy that to down. remember. Yeah. <laughs> Pencil that one down. Okay. So to kind of kick things off, what are your thoughts on dating breaks and hinge fatigue and how to get out of it? Because I was just telling Abby before we got on that episode of Sex in the City with Charlotte where she's like, I've been looking since I was like 15. Like I'm getting tired of looking for my husband. Mm. Where is he? I think that if you really want to, you can take a dating break, but it really goes back to like, it's a numbers game. And unless your like mental health is affected by it and you really need that break for your, for your mental health, then you need to like be putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Like you need mm-hmm. to just get back on the horse. Like that, this is just what we all deal with. Like you're not special. You're not the only one who's like, sick of dating Mm -hmm. and if you give up then you might not be able to meet that guy who's sick of dating because you gave up you know and he might be looking for you too Mm -hmm. I like that that goes back to one of our core principles here at just go with it that we like (laughs) to talk about that is no one's knocking down your door to date you or to hire you or for anything for that matter you have to put yourself out there and you have to let people know they're basically open for business because if you don't put yourself (laughs) out there open for business like put your dating apps out there at least like glance at it every now and then just because you never know you really do you really don't and like every timing everything is timing is everything Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Headland, country strong. Yeah. Two seconds. <laughs> and if you are actively dating and not on a break, how many dates do you think like a month roundabout you should be going on to put yourself out there? Like one a week or? I mean, ideally like two or three a week oh, in my, my opinion. Load them up. No more friends. Load them up. Load your friends. Your friends. We have no time for friends or family. No, I mean, I, it goes back to like, if you don't spend too much time on a date, you can have like a 6 p.m. like drinks and then go meet your friends. Yeah, you know? yeah. It doesn't have to be more than like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this is a loaded one. So there's a guy that you've been dating um, and you've slept together and you notice that he's currently updating his hinge pictures and prompts when it had kind of seemed like he wasn't. Do you bring it up or do you just know to self and figure this is just kind of the way things are? I can't get upset. I probably would note to self and like pull back and put my eggs in other baskets. Um, because baskets, I feel eggs. like this is him like telling you that it's not going anywhere pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. actions speak harsh realities. Words. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can say he likes you so much, but if he's like screwing around on Hinge, how much does he really like you? Yeah, yep. and if he's actively changing it and actively looking for someone else, um, and you obviously do not bring it up under any circumstances. There's no reason to, right? I don't think so. I mean, unless you want like you want to have that confrontation and like it be over and like yeah. know for sure. If you want to yeah. just cut it off completely. All right, okay. I have another fan question. Oh, yeah, I forgot through. that you have them too and you can ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how do you handle when you don't like a friend's significant other, especially how they speak to you? Because there's a lot, like, obviously in an ideal situation, you want your friends to love your significant other and you want to love their significant others and you all want to be friends, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't always happen, unfortunately, in this world. So how do you navigate that? I have learned this definitely the hard way and I think – Ultimately, you cannot really give an opinion on your friend's significant other unless they ask. 
because it's very possible that they will end up marrying this person and cutting you out of their life because they know that you don't like their significant other. And if you really want them in your life, then you have to just be supportive of them. Um, if, if it's about your individual relationship with their significant other, I wouldn't start by being like, I don't like how your boyfriend treats me, Mm -hmm. but I would just be like, is like, does Peter like, does Peter like me? Like sometimes like I can't tell, Mm -hmm. you know? And then they'll be like, why? And then you'll be like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just feel like. Probably because he treats me like crap. (laughs) Probably because he treats me with disrespect when he speaks. But like, but, but saying like, you should break up with me. Like, this is how, like, that's always, it it backfires. So if you don't like the way that this guy is talking to you, you could, what, like gently tell your friend like, oh yeah, does he like me? And then that's the avenue to say, oh, I've noticed he, I don't know, speaks to me this way. Yeah, exactly. In this tone or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like a roundabout way. Just a little kitty corner from what you really mean. Yeah. Okay, do you want to say the next one, Abby, again? <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on how to make dates more fun but still wanting the guy to initiate? Because if you don't want to just get drinks, get drinks, get drinks, get dinner, get dinner, you have some ideas for fun dates. Is it okay to be throwing out suggestions? Like, I've always wanted to do this, or are we waiting to see how creative the men get? If it's clear that like he's planning to ask you on another date, you can suggest something fun or like, you know, but if you like haven't spoken in a while and you just like hit him up to be like, there's this fun concert over there, like, then no, you know, like you have to feel out the vibe. Um, There's no shame in the like help date with date ideas game at all. But like you just, it can't be coming from a place of insecurity because you don't think they're going to ask you out. Mm-hmm. It all stem. It all depends on where it stems from. Mm-hmm. What if someone is like kind of asking you out, but they're like, "Oh, I'm new to this city. Like, uh, do you have any suggestions? Is that just lazy behavior?" <laughs> that actually probably does mean that they're new and they don't want to like fuck it up. Um, yeah. I think that's like an exception where you can okay. be like, "Oh, like which area?" like where are you like you know find a place Mm -hmm. or you could be like well there's like a few places I haven't tried yet you know okay I think um this is a good one from another fan fan wrote in how do you bounce back from a bad date when you just are this kind of goes in hand in hand with fatigue maybe you're just having a string of like not so great dates and you know you have to keep putting yourself out there but they're just not going well. And then you might start getting in your head, like, am I the problem? Am I just a bad picker? Like I'm going on dates with these guys that are just boring or how do you bounce back from that? I think you kind of like take some lesson out of it. Like, okay, like, you know, not going to go out with another comedian or something like, (laughs) and you tell like, you kind of have to find like the good in it, like whether it's like you can tell like a fun story from it. Um, and like if you kind of enjoy the process, which sounds much easier said than done, especially if you're having a slew of bad dates. But if you're like, oh, well, like at least I learned something new. Like I, I met an interesting person, but it wasn't the person for me. You know, you kind of just have to like change the narrative a little bit because if you're just like, oh, I'm a victim and mm-hmm. I never get good dates. And I know, how about like, I get to go on good dates. Like mm-hmm. I have like a body that works and like I have legs that can walk to dates, you know, like it sounds so <laughs> silly, but like yeah. really just like being in gratitude about uh-huh. the fact that like you're going through this process and like some people don't even like get 
asked on dates, you know, like just to try to enjoy it. That's such a good mind shift set about the gratitude thing. That's what I think sometimes when I'm in a really hard workout and I'm just like, <laughs> God, this sucks. And then I'm like, thank, actually, thank the Lord that I have a healthy body that I can have, uh, you know, all my limbs working correctly, that I can work out in this way. Like how blessed totally. am I, even though I'm like sweating my ass off and dying. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. At what stage in getting to know someone, is it okay to suggest like, hey, we should go on a double date with one of my friends and one of your friends? I don't know or is if that like double a, dates are necessary thing. until you're like officially yeah. dating. Um, I actually have like a whole episode coming out on double dates oh, on perfect. Thursday um, and about how perfect much I hate us. double dates. <laughs> have you heard about the app Foreplay? No. The only in New York City available. Wait, I think I have. Is it a double dating app? Yes, it's founded by two women and it's all on the premise of like going in dates. Dates and numbers are safer um, and then just like less stress or less um, less worry. I guess you have like someone in your corner there that you can talk with too. It kind of feels like more that. stress to me a little bit. <laughs> Trying to I think it depends. It all depends on like where you're at in your dating journey, I think, and who you're yeah. going on these double dates with. Like I think Ashley yeah. and I would have a hoot and a half if we Oh were yeah, we would dates. have totally. but like a yeah. random girl and a random guy feels stressful. Yeah, no, absolutely not. It has to be like best friend vibes. Mm-hmm. Too many relationships. Okay, this isn't necessarily about dating, but at what point in life should your friends get like hotels or stay elsewhere when visiting you interesting this is a really uh, interesting question i have never thought about this in like, i don't really have friends like visit me yeah i feel like, like you're insular you've spent your whole life <laughs> which in, is like weird i'm like why is a friend never visiting me um but <laughs> now I, you're gonna be up all night thinking why, why is visiting literally yet? um i think that like ideally unless you have another room which you definitely don't have in new york city um (laughs) they should like always stay elsewhere unless you have another room okay i don't know what do you guys think i don't know that's why i I don't either because we're still at that point where we're young and it's just assumed that nobody has expendable money like tons of it and so when we come and stay i think it's pretty typical like my friends will stay in my bed with me or on the couch if it's like a couple nights nothing crazy a week or two weeks the ratio of how big your space is to how many people are coming Mm -hmm. yeah and I don't know. There's a lot of factors at play. Maybe we're just used to living in a commune because senior year of college, we all stayed in this tiny shack of a house with five yeah, bedrooms yeah. and we just yeah. fit as many people in there as possible. Yeah, I think, yeah, it has to do with age too, for sure. Oh, like, yeah. I, I think at the age I am now, like I would rather like go broke than stay with a friend because like <laughs> I don't want to like be in their space. Yeah. Like I need my own space. But like when I was younger, like I'd probably rather stay with a friend than anything else because I was like lonely or you know like we're a bit more resilient mm-hmm. as a yeah. older. and also I would never if I was traveling alone to visit someone I'd never stay at a hotel alone um, yeah but oh, if it was no. yeah multiple people I don't know lots of different factors that play with that one but I have yeah, sunscreen in my eye I'm sorry Are you okay <laughs> oh, no. uh, this is what I get for trying to have good skin I put sunscreen on my face it gets in my eyeball yeah you've got so a lot going much. on over there it's, um, it's making my eye water so- um, and then a little bit of a deviation change, just like the last one, but therapy, do you recommend it's something everyone should be in if they can afford the 100%. luxury? And how do you find yeah. a good therapist? We actually have resources on womenatacme.com of like therapists by city. So oh. that's a, one good place. 
Um, I also think that you can use ZocDoc, um, mm. ZocDoc.com slash Acme, um, <laughs> or you can use Talkspace where we also happen to have a code, okay. which is Acme. Um, tons of different great places to find a therapist. And um, a lot of therapists who take insurance, who um, are on like the lower end cost wise. So definitely mm-hmm. check that out. Do you recommend couples therapy before you get married? Um, it depends. I think that if there are some repeat arguments that you ha- can't really work through, yes. But I think you do some sort of like counseling with your officiant usually, whether that's like a rabbi or a person or a priest, like before you get married. And that kind of, in a way, mm-hmm. is a bit counsely. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend living together, cohabitating before engagement or marriage? Because I have heard very drastic views yeah. both ways. Oh, it's a must. You absolutely have to live together before marriage. Like some people be hiding some crazy shit. <laughs> and you just you need to uncover it. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we have you pimp yourself out, pimp out your podcast, your Instagram, your TikTok, whatever you want, where people can find you, what is like the one of the biggest takeaways? It doesn't have to be necessarily related to dating since we've really beaten that horse to death on this episode <laughs> in the best way. But just some advice that you've, you've made it through the really rough decade of your 20s and something that you have gleaned from that that you think people would benefit from knowing. Mm, I, I feel like you might have seen me say this before, but if you're confused about how they feel about you, they are not interested. Mm-hmm. And that would have saved me like 10 years of dating. You should have enough to guess. <laughs> totally. And that goes also to, I feel like, friendships too, making new friends. If you're confused, then it's not it's not happening. There's no chemistry there. It's not it. Yeah, it's not mute. Um, okay, so where can the people find you? You can find me at We Met at Acme on Instagram. My podcast is called We Met at Acme, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for letting me whore myself out. We also have shows coming up if you live in LA, SF, or Austin. Um, No Nashville yet, huh? (laughs) No Nashville yet. But Ashley, you should come to the LA show. I will. When is it? It's September 11th. Okay. I'll look into it. Um, And then then you you have your camp coming up too, don't you? Camp is coming is up next closed week. Out, I'm sure. Um, no, we have like a f- few spots left for guys. If you okay. are a guy listening to this, but otherwise, yes. All three. Yeah, all three. All three that are probably <laughs> yeah. friends that are taken. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on you and spreading your wisdom. So nice. It was so fun chatting with you, Lindsay, and thank you for your vulnerability and just your honesty and your ability to articulate the craziness that is. Oh, thank you, guys. 